0: When a church gets back from something like a mission trip, it's an odd time. Because there's many of you who didn't go, many of you who may never will go. It's, let me put it this way, it's impossible for you to understand what happened. We can tell you the stories, we can share with you what happened, but it is 100% impossible for you to understand until you've been there. It's just impossible. Truth is, is that taking the gospel to the nations is difficult work. It's time consuming work. This is our sixth year going to the village of San Isidro. I was told by those who are veterans, this is my first year. I was told by those who are veterans that this year, There was a dramatic difference in how the pastor was this year. Dramatic. It took six years for the pastor to trust us enough to be able to let us be able to help and help and speak into his life. It's a long time. We don't live there. We see them once a week. That's it. But this partnership has blossomed into a thing where we are like family. Now, that you may say, okay, they're in Honduras. How on earth, how similar could we be? I found out this week that the village of San Isidro is Gordon. It is. Now, again, they look different. They live differently. They're Gordon. They're about the same size we are. There's about 70 families about 500 people. Sounds kind of like Gordon. Right? Small town. Their church has some struggles just like our church has struggles. Their church has some victories just like our church has some victories. Their church needs help just like our church needs help. We had a mission team come and help us not a month ago. Help us with vacation Bible school. There's a So many similarities. There are also some differences. Um, They don't have the resources we have. They don't have the education we have. The pastor of the church probably has the equivalent of about a sixth grade education. Um... Tell you one of the, one of my favorite stories. It was our last day. I got sick on Tuesday, so I was literally like keeled over to the toilet, letting it go. So it was it was not fun. So Tuesday kind of wiped me out. I was pretty useless all day Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday I was starting to recover, and uh, uh, um, and Thursday we had our day off. So I really wasn't back to 100 percent and being ready to be there and do something until. Friday, which was our last day, like really? Now I'm ready to serve? Great. You know, my last day. But we did, I actually got to go with Pastor Manuel. We did one visit, just one. We had a two and a half mile hike down a mountain. That's not so bad, right? (laughs) We had a two and a half mile hike back up the mountain too. Um, No, uh, so we got to go down and visit this family. And I didn't, and again, this is my first year. I don't know anything about the families. I don't know anything about where we're going, you know, no idea what's going on. So as we're going down, Christina tells me, she's like, I think this is the family that last week, last year, we prayed with the husband to receive Christ. I think so. I'm not sure, but I think so. She's like, okay, let's that'd be interesting to find out. So we're we're down there, we're visiting this family, and and I ask, so can we hear, they, they listen to the radio. We got to share our testimonies on the radio. I don't know if they heard us. It's kind of hard to communicate. There's a lot of cultural barriers there. Hard for them to understand exactly what we're trying to get to um, as, far, as far as the questions we're asking. But they listen to the radio station that we got to speak, that we got to share our testimonies on. So they're used to hearing testimonies. Uh, teams coming in and sharing their testimonies. And we, so I asked, said, so you've heard testimonies be shared on the radio. Can we hear your testimonies? Right, trying to find a nice way to ask them, "Hey, are you the guy that got saved last year?" Like, how do you ask that without sounding like you're really rude or being way wrong and then being totally offensive? So we asked them to share their testimonies. And the the wife, she is uh, she's a lot of health issues, um, and again, they don't have access to medicine like we do. She's it's not like she can, you know. Go across the street and go into the clinic and and say, hey, can I get some pills? You know, she doesn't have that. She says she was telling us that she has all these health issues. She can't even walk to church. Again, remember, two and a half mile hike up a mountain for someone who's got pains and all sorts of things that she can't move like that. And she says, I have faith that God will heal me. You know, I went, you know, I, I go to the doctor and whatever, but I have faith God's going to heal me. You know, she can't afford it. She can't. It's hard for her to get there anyway. <clears throat> how many of us have that kind of thing? That was pretty surprising. Anyway, she, she shared her testimony. She she talked about how she got really sick and she was able, she actually got, you know, God healed her uh, like 20 years ago of an ailment that she had at the time. She said she knew that was the time she needed to accept Christ. And so she accepted Christ about 20 years ago. So then, you know, it kind of was like, oh, she talked and then the husband was kind of like, just not really saying anything. And we were getting you know, Pastor Manuel was like, all right, let's go. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait a minute, wait hey, can we hear your testimony? We asked the husband and he said, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, last year, uh, it was uh, Frank, who was one of the leaders for the mission team. I, I talked with Frank. They called him Panchito. Uh, so I, I talked to Panchito, and, and uh, there was somebody else with him. He was talking about Ed. Um, last year, Ed and Frank had gone down and shared the gospel with him, and here he was sharing with me his story and how he got saved last year because our mission team was there. Amen. What a great, I mean, how cool is that? Right? And then we had this interesting, an interesting twist to the story. We asked him if he'd been baptized yet, and he hadn't been baptized yet. And uh, this kind of shows why we're, our work is not done yet. Just to kind of help you guys understand the, the, what we mean by, when we're talking about what needs to be done, the kind of work that needs to be done yet. The pastor then starts to explain to us how, yeah, since he hasn't been baptized yet, that's the reason his wife is still really sick, because he hasn't obeyed the Lord and, and gotten baptized yet. And I'm kind of like, whoa. do I, how do I, how do I explain this? How do I, how do I, what do I do? And Christina's like, Justin, you need to say something. And I'm like, I don't know what to say, right? And then, and then praise the Lord for Anna, our translator. She's a 17 year old girl. Okay. She says, what about that story in the Bible about, uh, about, about the blind man that Jesus healed? I'm like, that's it. The blind, the man that was born blind. And Jesus said it wasn't his sin that caused him to be blind. It was, you know, and so uh, so I was like, okay, well, let's do this. So I'm like, okay, now where is it, right? I found it was in John 9. And I'm thinking, dummy, you preached that probably several couple months ago, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, we turned to John 9, and, and you know, it, 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 extremely awkward because the pastor just told us this person, you know, he didn't get baptized. So that's why his wife was sick. I'm like, how do I correct the pastor in a different, different culture? And, you know, anyway, so, I, I, so I, we, we stopped, and we got to read the scripture, and I said, told this, told this family, I said, I want you guys to understand, like, your sickness is not necessarily because you're a bad person or because you've sinned. It's not necessarily, you know, sometimes sickness happens because we live in a broken world. And I told the husband, I said, it's not, you know, her being sick may not have anything to do with you not being baptized. It may not, you know. So don't blame yourself for these kind of things. Don't, don't do that. And it was funny because the pastor then said, like, oh, amen, amen. Amen. Okay. I'm thinking, I don't know what does he understand what I just did here. And so anyway, so, uh, it's, um, there's so much learning that needs to happen. There's many people in the community. You talk to them and they're like, you say, Hey, you know, are you a believer? Are you a Christian? They say, Oh yeah, I was baptized. You know, my whole family got baptized, which again, that's another similarity. We have many people in our community say, Oh yeah, I got baptized whenever, you know, and they think that's what saves them. And, uh, Guys, the gospel is not that baptism saves you. Baptism doesn't save you. It's why we believe in believers' baptism. Baptism is for people who are believers. Baptism doesn't save you and make you a believer. Baptism is something that you do when you are a believer. Amen. So there are things that we still have to teach this community, this, this pastor, this church. There's still things that we need to work on. It's so hard to leave when you see that. I told some of my friends... Uh, about about Thursday they asked, you know I was kinda of telling them what was going on. I said, well kind of I'm kind of in between, you know, ready to go home and see my family again and ready to move here. Just cause knowing there's so much left to do. Um, don't stop praying for Honduras. We're gonna go again next year. As a pastor coming in, you're like, Okay, well are we gonna do this, we're we gonna keep doing this? And kind of it kind of seems like everybody's like, well, is the pastor gonna be okay with this? Justin, are we gonna keep doing this or not? And guys, we're going back. There's not a doubt in my mind we're going back. I don't know when. We don't have the dates set up yet, but we're going back. Be praying. Don't ask if God is calling you to go. Ask God what's stopping you from going. God calls everyone to missions. Whether praying or supporting or going, God calls us all to go. So I want to. we're going to ask the mission team um, one at a time. Just come on up. Uh, we got, we've got, uh, more stories to tell you. So, um, somebody come on up. Go it's first. going last. That's all I know. No,
1: Missy's first.
0: Missy's first. There you go. Missy's getting voluntary. Five minutes. Five minutes. All right. Justin was supposed to you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is hard for me to be up here.
2: Um, I had a, <laughs> they kept pestering because I wouldn't ask questions. And I'm like, oh, I do better with kids. Of course. And so Amy's like, okay, here. You're gonna do the Bible story for the kids at the school. Now I get up in front of all the little kids, start doing start telling the Bible story, and we get a kid to help us because we're doing the armor of God. And I'm thinking it's going I'm hoping it's going that they're getting a message. I didn't know because I was up front. But they looked like they were having a fun time and enjoying the story. Especially when we had the little kid on the stool and we were putting a backpack a backpack on front for, you know, you know breastplate. We gave him a, a walking stick as a sword and we gave him a hat for a helmet. We were putting all this stuff on him and he was just laughing. Oh my gosh, the kids thought it was so funny. We need to add another piece of the armor of God onto the kid. And I think it really set home with them that they do need to put on that armor of God. Because where they're at they have baubles, they have struggles with, like our kids have. And so that was pretty neat for, for me to do that. Alright. That's good.
0: <laughs> I went over so she's helping make sure we're still. First
2: time. all, right. first of all uh, if I cry, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Oh, okay. Um, um, I, I, I think for the mission trip for me, it was, uh, there's so many people I know I come in contact with every day, and uh, you know, I have friends that to give their heart to to God and accept, you know, Jesus as their Savior. They just think I'm a good person. Um, So I'm I'm a Christian. And and for me to know that I have a real good friend that didn't know God, and I knew it. And I had to go all the way to Honduras to recognize the fact that I've got people here earning witness to. I mean I need mean, to speak the truth to people I know and I love that don't don't know the Lord. Um there it was uh, such a blessing to be able to to share the word and to figure out hey Janice, you can do this to people you know too. You don't have to go to Honduras and that's one thing that has stuck with me that uh, this mission trip helped me probably more than it did anybody I came in contact with, because um, it made me recognize, you know, I need to be witnessing here at home also that that we have a mission field here.
0: About Uh, while we were on the mission field, Mama Sue gave her life to Christ, so that's awesome. She was not a believer, she gave her life to Christ
1: while the mission field. So
2: that's cool. Okay, I Um, uh, I don't even know what it means right here, right
1: right here. Um, The shirt means just right now or. Right now, and actually, the literal translation is uh, today, yes, Father. Uh, anyway, um, so, like Justin said, we've been going six years. Um, Pastor Manuel's son, Jeremias, who all y'all have heard of, we've known him the whole time. He has another son named Osmond that we had never met in six years. Last year, uh, we found out a lot about his story. It's hard for me to believe. Um, we found out a lot about his story. He had, um, he had gotten a girl pregnant, and the relationship didn't work out, and basically he moved back in with Pastor Manuel and met another girl who was living with him also last year. So we, we talked to her a lot last year about marriage and about the situation that they were in the middle of, but we never had, had a chance to talk with, with the son, Osmond. So this year, um, on Friday, coincidentally, it was a great day, uh, Bree, myself, and Ed went with the translator and were planning to talk to Johanna and Osmond together. Um, Johanna was there, uh, she's pregnant now, she's what seven months, some, six, seven months pregnant. Um, okay. So she's doing November, uh, I think she said the 17th, which is Scotty's birthday of awesome. Um, so we were talking to her and we asked her, uh, where's Osmond? Well, she said that Osmond was out looking for a horse that escaped. So she went to try to find him and she couldn't find him and he shows up and you could tell that he didn't want to talk. He immediately walked past us and went straight in the house and didn't come back out. So we talked for a little while longer and we asked Johanna if she would go ask him to come out because we wanted to meet him. So... He came out and you know shook our hands and sat down with us. And you could tell that he was very standoffish. He didn't want to talk. Um, he really didn't want to be there. You could, it was very, very obvious. Um, we kind of just forced questions on him. And within probably, I would say 10 minutes of talking to him, he admitted that he's just really shy and that he's wanted to talk to us before, but he just was shy to talk to us. So, um, We continue to talk to him, we continue to talk to him. He said that the situation with the other girl, with the original kitty has is um, better now. She has found another, I don't know, it's not a husband, but another boyfriend, I guess. So they're not really, there's no strife there anymore, which is good. Um, Johan and Osmond plan to get married. Uh, Hopefully we're gonna try to see if they can get married within the next year. they already got a site plan to build their own home. They're going to move out of their of the pastor's house. Uh, he said that he's quit drinking in the last year. Apparently, he was drinking before. Um, he goes to church when he can. He said that, you know, he works a lot, so sometimes he can't make it. And we totally, you know, we understand that. Um, but it was a great visit. We almost, I mean, he admitted that he hadn't asked Christ into his heart yet. And we explained to him the importance. Ed went through the Romans with him. And, um... We, I thought we, I thought he was going to do it, but then in the last minute he said he wanted to think about it, and we made it very clear to him that time is precious and not to waste too much time before you make that decision. Uh, it was, it was a terrific visit. Um, they, the difference now, and by the end, it's funny because we always end our visits with prayer requests, and we always pray, and they like to, they all pray at the same time. It's like a, it's a. Production for them, so we all we're gonna do this prayer, and we got up and we all got you know they told us what they wanted to pray for. and In the meantime, also um, his younger brother showed up too, just randomly sat down, and started talking with us too, which was awesome. Um, so we prayed and we're praying, and as we get done, when we get done, Osman, who was this guy that we'd never met and was super shy, said, "Hey, you know, I have extra time right now. Can y'all still stay and talk? I know we've already prayed." but I'd like to continue to talk with y'all. So we sat down probably for another 30, 15, 30 minutes after that, and um, Ed had to go because I locked my keys in my truck that day, and so uh, him and Shannon were trying to get my keys out, um, which we ended up, he ended up getting somebody to get them out, but uh, Bree and I stayed with the translator and continued to talk, and Osmond told us about, he tried to make it to the States at one point, but he got in northern Mexico and got sent back which seeing where he's at now I believe that he was meant to be there I believe that he will become eventually become one of the pillars of their church his I mean the difference between what we've heard of him in the past and what we met was amazing and his little brother is he's, he's 23 his little brother was 21 and he seems to be a very responsible 21 year old also so between them two and here and me, yes, I believe the church will eventually be in good hands um, one other quick I don't know, I'm not timing myself but uh one other quick little funny one. So we met a guy, which is really weird to talk to men, most of the men are working. Um he was asking about my beard and uh he had asked through the translator if I was kin and I thought he had said it well, I came to Aladdin, like you know, Aladdin in the way So I said maybe, I don't know, you know, maybe and um I told him we told him the story about last year how I was harassed through going to customs and they said it was because of my beard, the lady we seen her go, you know, the beard. And so he told that story, and Augustino, the man we were talking to, started laughing, like a deep belly laugh, like, oh, ho, oh, bin Laden, bin Laden. So originally he was saying bin Laden the whole time, and I, so I pretty much said, "Maybe I'm kidding bin Laden. <laughs> it's, it's funny how stuff gets lost in the translation. I, I cleared that up real quick and said, no, I'm kidding like bin Laden. Um, but it was, uh, it was a great year. Um, honestly, of the three years we've been there, I feel like, we made a, a big leap this year uh manuel is is doing home visits which he never done before um everything just seems like everybody honestly looked younger it was really it was the strangest thing all the people we knew that we've talked to before they looked like they were in a better spirit like they were just had a glow to them there was several that there was a few that were really old that we wanted to see that had passed away in the last year um one the one that I know we told you all about last year, we gave him a photograph of himself, and he was extremely happy about this photo we'd given him. He ended up dying in May, and one of the last things he said before he died was that he told his daughter how how happy he was to have that picture how happy he was to have that picture because he could give it to his sister so she could keep his memory when he died. So it was uh, it was a great year. I do not end it.
4: Um, just being ministered to and encouraged and just knowing how our life is here and then how it could be if we still lived in that in the era that they're still in but uh, I was able to be on the radio for the first time I told my testimony and that was nerve-wracking
3: because, um, you know, I'm not
5: um,
4: and just being with the kids and seeing the kids it was so amazing how they get excited over bubbles which is my favorite thing <laughs> Um and then being with Sue, getting to talk to her, um, had no clue that she never accepted Christ in her heart. And then um I think Christina will probably talk about that a little more later, but that was so encouraging that she was after all these years realize that she never actually accepted Christ and for her to be so strong and willing to to open up and share that with us was pretty amazing. Um It was kind of a weird year for me because my spouse didn't go. He stayed home. And so it was emotional just about the whole time. Trying not to cry because he wasn't there um, to be my rock. But But I realized that I needed to not count on him to be my rock, but to let God be my rock. And... That's what I
5: learned, that whole thing. But okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, just a little bit on Amy. I'm really proud of you for going on your own. That's, that's something she struggled with for a long time. So, proud of her. Um. I guess I just wanted to talk a little bit about Pastor Manuel. Um, somebody had already mentioned that he looked a lot different, um, a little more lively this year. And um, I think it stems from, he had a brain surgery earlier this year. Um, Shannon said a pipe hit him in the back of the head. Um, he wouldn't admit to that, but however it happened, he ended up having to have brain surgery. and. Um, I believe that that really touched him in a way that kind of woke up his spirit to tell him hey you know there's a this is that was serious and um, I may not have come back from that um, he had a whole new I don't know just a glow about him like let's go let's go do this and um, I told him you know God my head plans for you still, your work wasn't done and so it's awesome that you got to come back. Um, Him and his wife were both very emotional about the whole thing so um, I was really excited to see that in him Um, because a lot of times it was more like in the past like he was just telling us what we wanted to hear and so I think he finally had an awakening. And then um, just one other person that we went and visited um, and my heart just really really Ached for her. Her name is Suyapa, and um, her mom passed away about three months ago, and she's just really struggling with, with the loss of her mom. moms are so important, and I think no matter how old we are, we always want our mom. And um, and so she was going through a hard time, just being depressed and um, struggling. And I think we can all relate to that. Um, and Shannon had recently just lost. Um, a good friend as well. So he was able to really minister to her in that way. And so I'm glad that we had been able to stop and and visit with her. Um, So, yeah, lots of prayers. Lots and lots of prayers for them. They're no different than us. So thank you for all of your support and your prayers. Um, It really means a lot.
6: Where do we go from here? Um, one of the things that that hits me every year when when we go is the uh, the buildup of the, the mission trip and the when you talk to people, everybody feels like you know oh, you should be sleeping out in a hammock in the middle of a jungle somewhere. And uh, when you hear stories like that, and you go down to Honduras where we stay, and and uh, you get there, and it's like almost feels a little bit like a vacation. Um, we're not supposed to tell you guys that. <laughs> but it does, uh, p- partially because, maybe not the first two years, but definitely now, because we go down we go up to the village and it's really like visiting an extended part of our family and um, they feel that way as well. So uh, we talked a lot this week uh, um, about metrics, like how do we measure our success in Honduras and the families down there What, what do we, where do we go from here uh, Pastor Manuel, one of the first things we asked was that he go out and do visitations That he needs to get out in the community and visit families and minister to them and he's doing that without us being there check, that's a success and one of the other things we talked about was um, just being there and, and trying to get his church to grow, well that that hasn't happened yet we don't know if it ever will there are three Baptist churches in San Isidro. So envision Gordon with three Baptist churches, right? So you spread pretty thin on how many people are coming to your church. And especially if Justin's brother was a member of or the pastor of another church, and his other brother, if he had more than I don't even know how many brothers and sisters he has. Um, but a sibling that was a pastor of another church, and so there's this, like, a three-way rivalry. And I'll talk about that in just a second, about where we feel like uh, the church is going. But w- one of the things that hit me this this trip uh, is that, and Frank and I talked about it a little bit, and it happened with our visit with Sue on the way up the mountain. Mission trips, we think we're going there for the people in Honduras. And I believe we are, but I think a, a larger part of that is we're there for, to, for God to work on us. And it's amazing um and you've heard kind of that how we grow and it seems selfish you know so if you want to grow in Christ go on a mission trip <laughs> because God will he will grow you um however it may not be in ways that that you want to be grown uh, I I realized I complained a lot to Justin this year about the administration part of the mission trip and all the lead up to it and the difficulties and emailing and really kind of a, a lousy complaint but um, but I, I sort of came to the realization my growing this year was that that's part of it's one of my spiritual gifts I believe is organization and administration and so I, I will probably even though I want to pass the baton it will be like do you got it take it right so I will I think we're gonna um, just so Justin's more in the loop about what's going on and I felt bad this week. Justin and Janice because all the rest of us kind of know we get back to the parking lot go to your room drop stuff off and come back and eat well the first or second night there uh, nobody told anybody that and Justin and Janice I went back to the room thinking called charity or something and like, where's Justin we're eating (laughs) so (laughs) um, so I feel bad and I'll apologize to him and Janice for that that there was a lack of communication in that we were um, just used to Knowing what to do, I guess. Uh, it was awesome to see individually each of us grow. It was nice to see Missy um, teaching the kids. That was a huge step for her. And uh, even though I'll give her a hard time for talking about video games and hockey <laughs> to the kids <laughs> in San Isidro who don't have televisions and probably don't even know what hockey <laughs> is. <so. laughs> That was awesome and uh, you know for Janice to come and, and see what it's all about and you know to come back and hopefully drag less with her next year because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be nice to have another another male presence there it was just me Mike and Justin uh, and that was difficult at times so uh, it would be nice to see all of us go and I would love for everybody in this church to go and in, in my opinion there is no excuse to not go, I and mean, he talks about asking God to to say why the reason. Why should I stay? That's really more the question. Age is not a factor. Um, health really is not that huge of an issue. I mean, we stay in a really nice place this year. Um, the other group from Brock, Shannon's brother, they had a, they brought a nurse with them, and she had a suitcase full of. Everything you could imagine as far as um, pharmaceuticals are concerned. I'm honestly shocked that customs didn't uh, <laughs> say something to her. Um, and then there was uh, also the, uh, one of the other missionaries that Shannon works with down there had uh, his sister sent a bunch of antibiotics, uh, she was a pharmacist, I guess, and however she got a hold of two boxes full of antibiotics uh, to send down there as a mission. And so there's access. To, to United States style healthcare. Shannon knows people, uh, he knows like the brother of the president of the country, and so he has his connections. If anything happens to any of us down there, we will be taken care of. Um, and thank the Lord for that, Amen. So, going forward, you wanna say something, okay, Janice? When you get
3: through, kind of go through the things that Shannon has accomplished, the difference with the programs
6: so yeah, well, I'm talk about it right now. So he mentioned to us um, yesterday, yesterday already? No, Friday, Friday night. Friday night.
3: <laughs>
6: yesterday was a blur. Um, <laughs> that the, really what we do down there is the tip of the iceberg of, of 61 Isaiah. Uh, it is, they have a hunger farm, the radio station, which the hunger farm is on the there. I don't know, I think it's like 40 acres. Or something like that, or close to it, and that's where the you saw us feeding the fish, the tilapia there. So he's growing fish. He has chickens there. Uh, There was a a ministry that was giving money to them from the United States for the Hunger Farm, and their um, senior vice president or somebody's coming down in a couple weeks to go. They've never seen it, and they're going to go check it out. That was one of the goats. Shannon bought a goat, two goats actually in San Isidro. Got to help carry them out to the, uh, the hunger farm there um, he's working it's interesting how the missionaries go down there and they all kind of connect one of the guys that uh, came out to unlock the truck um, for mike is he does a completely separate ministry where they try and get the the pastors out of the villages transportation so they find ways they have motorcycles that they try and sell to him or raise money for and animated made a comment he says you know i don't always agree with uh, their methods, or maybe how they would do it, because I would do it differently. But we're all there for the for God, and so they all work together. And it's it's interesting. He didn't know that guy last year. And now, through a project that they did together at the radio station, he met him, and so now they all like his connections are sort of growing with all of the other missionaries that that live uh, down in Honduras. Yes, and. It, One of the things when you go, I'll say it that way, that you will see the airplane ride from Houston to Honduras is full of missionaries. You know, there's 164, I don't know how the United configures their seats, but about 164 seats on a 737, and I would say 90 to 100 of the people on those airplanes are missionaries every time we go down there, and you can pick them out because they're all wearing shirts, Shannon doesn't let us do that because you stick out like a sore thumb when you get to San Pedro and you really don't want to do that, although it's getting better there. Um, So I always think, I don't voice this, but it's probably one of the safest airplanes, in my opinion, Um, to go down there because they're all probably prayed up people. And they got a bunch of people praying for them. <laughs> so, right. Gigantic. Uh, so, where do we go from here? One of the things we mentioned, uh, Marble Falls, Texas, which you guys probably know where that is, I do not. Uh, they are... They have partnered with Pastor Nicolas, one of the other Baptist churches in San Isidro, and they go down and they're usually, I think two, three years ago, they decided to go the week before us because we were beating them, and it's kind of like revisiting all of the same people. And so two weeks in a row they get visits, the people in San Isidro from North Americans, and they go, oh yeah, yeah, the other church, we talked to them already. And so that part's kind of like, oh, they beat us to it, right? Um, same thing with the, the Jesus movie this year, The week before there was like 160 people in Pastor Nicolas's church. Well when we showed up the very next week to say, Well, we're playing the movie, oh yeah, I saw it. Well, come see it again. You know, they don't have movies out there, so come see it again. So there was, I think, sixty or seventy people that came to see the movie. So it wasn't quite. But it's disheartening for us because we want we want what what they had and it's just we gotta get there before Marvel falls. So, <laughs> going forward, um, one of the things we've talked about over the last six years is trying to get Pastor Nicolas and Pastor Manuel to work together rather than separate, because as Shannon is, has talked to us a lot about this week, uh, you, can do, you can give 100% yourself, but if you join together, each person can do 100%, but together you might be able to do 200% or 150%, depending how well you work together. So we're hoping to get them to work together and then to show them that we can work together as well. We're going to try and partner with Marble Falls so we can have a much larger group go next year and we'll probably split it into one group will go one week and the other half of the group will go the second week with experienced people in in each week, which will be very hard for us. as Justin and Janice could probably tell you, we're a very close-knit group and we like hanging out with each other in Honduras. Um, but I think to, to grow even further, to be able to, to spread that joy and, and that um, knowledge to go with other groups and maybe even bring some youth with us. And if we do bring youth, it, Shannon does like a training, because we don't visit, we talked about it on the way home, we probably need, we need to be visiting in Gordon. How do you do that? What does most America what does every American do when somebody knocks on their door right yeah who is it he oh, has got a white shirt it's a Mormon <laughs> or it's oh hey it's uh it's said guy from the Baptist Church again. you know hopefully they would say that but they don't because we don't do that door-to-door sales are like that's Right? everybody used to have those, signs, no soliciting, so how do you, how do you visit the table? But really it's, we talked about it, we never really went into anybody's home, it was all on their front porch, right, which is hard to do when it's 170 degrees outside. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's something going forward for us here at home, we might, we might look at that, and of course Justin's probably going to be coming up with plans, however the, the Lord needs him in that. But definitely the future of, of our mission trip in Honduras is hopefully working together with, with Marble Falls, mainly because they go out to the same village that we go to, and then trying to get Pastor Nicolás and Pastor Manuel to, to grow together. Another thing that uh, 61 Isaiah changed, um, their mission, one of them was education for the, for the Honduran people and the, breaking the cycle of poverty. One of the ways to break the cycle of poverty, obviously, is education. Well, we would like, and we will talk to you guys in the future, in the next couple months, once we get all the details. But the the picture of the little girl that kind of looked like a nun, I don't know if you guys remember up there. She had the little white sweater. the white sweater over her head or whatever. That's Jennifer Noella, and she is Pastor Manuel's granddaughter-in-law, maybe her... or her granddaughter. granddaughter. Sorry, no. I don't know if it's it's.
3: Uh, yeah. Okay.
6: So his daughter works in San Pedro, and comes to visit her. So she doesn't get to see her mom all the time. So she lives basically with her grandparents. Sounds a lot a lot like Gordon. Um, and we have we've known her since she was six. Right? She's twelve now, and I think uh, it was laid on our hearts this week. We talked about a lot about it, and I can't stop thinking about it. We would somehow like to get her into the bilingual school that. Um, Shannon and Christy teach at the Honduran government only expects their kids, it used to only be to the 6th grade, they just recently expected it to the, or extended it to the ninth grade right, well the bilingual school goes all the way to 12th grade like <coughs> like the United States and the majority of those kids come from very wealthy families because the school costs money uh, the kids in the village don't have an opportunity to do that unless they get a scholarship so we talked with Shannon and Christy about it and we're going to kind of get the details of it and move forward and we're hoping that we as a church can sponsor this little girl to go to the school in um, in Gracias, the bilingual school, anonymously. Shannon was very particular about that and I totally understand because if we go and tell the people of San Ysidro, hey we just sponsor this girl then everybody's gonna bring their kids to us and say well why can't my kid go to this school. But she kind of has a special place in our heart and um, we were going to talk with Marvel Falls because there's a young man who we've known as well, but I guess he's sort of bonded with their church a little bit more, and maybe we they can we can get him sponsored through through their church, something Is like awesome that. Um, I'm unsure. It's about two grand a year. I think that's what it ends up being. And she's 12. Um, as Christy said, it's, it's probably depending on the class that they get into. Like all of our uh, translators come from from the bilingual school. Shannon and Christy get to work with them on a daily basis. All of our translators are previous students of Shannon, and he um, he really works through them. Um, some of them, Marvin, the, the kid who was lying on the ground there, with <laughs> Amelia that's sort of what did all week. Uh, He's a, a recent Christian, um, but Shannon's got him out there helping him grow in Christ. So it's just it's just one of those. It's really awesome to see. We would love for for two people from from the village to be able to learn English and um, grow further in Christ and possibly go back and change their village. So it's something for all of us to be prayed for. Again, we thank you all for your um, support, your prayers. Obviously, uh, this mission wouldn't happen without the entire church. We encourage every single one of you to go with us at some point in, in the future. It's a plane ride, a a car ride, and a stay at a hotel. Uh, We're kind of learning, see the advantage you get for not going the first couple years is we now know how to adjust to the food down there. Apparently that's probiotics. Because, yeah, I know, my time's up, thank you. I just needed to talk longer than Justin. (laughs) So, anyways, thank you all. for all of that, and obviously we'll, we'll be around, you can ask us questions, we'll talk about it. There's more to share, and like Justin said, we can't ever really express um, our gratitude as deeply as it needs to be, uh, and we also can't ex- share the experience as, as deeply as it needs to be, so. i close this in prayer, and we'll go. Wait, invitation. Invitation, all right. So, I'll just do it, how about that? Yeah. So just like um, our missionary that went with us, you know, if if you've never publicly expressed your um, faith in Christ, you've never publicly asked Jesus to come into your heart and rule your life. You may have been in church your entire life. I grew up in church. My parents took me to church. I know God, uh, but I've never actually said those words. If you've never done that, today's the day. Um, we'll share that with you. Come on down. We'll say a prayer. Uh, Justin can talk to you later about uh, what that means and the next steps. So. Please stand.
3: Amen. Um.